podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Scouser Tommy's. I'm Jim Boardman and I'm with Jay Reed, and we're going to talk about all things Liverpool as we do, but it's made a little bit harder because we're in the middle of a World Cup that's just been sprung up on us. So we're not, it's not mid-season, is it? It's because there's no season going on, but it's definitely not pre-season, but it's sort of already going to start feeling like that soon. It's such a strange time. But this World Cup that neither of us were looking forward to is happening now. And as much as we sort of definitely weren't excited, um, maybe we're not even sure if we'd even end up watching much of it. You can't sort of avoid it, can you? And it starts to creep into your life, doesn't it? Because, well, at the end of the day, it's still footy, isn't it? Yeah, and you find yourself in this weird limbo of, you know, you, you'll put the telly on and maybe catch a game and then you'll nip upstairs to do something or you'll pop into the kitchen and all of a sudden the panels change from Gary Lineker and Gary Neville and so on to loose women. And you're like, hang on a minute, how did this happen? Um because they all kind of look the same sitting on the table and probably talk as much rubbish as each other, really. But um, they all think they're right. That's the thing. Oh, oh, of course, of course they are. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I weren't sold, obviously, like many on this World Cup and all the the background stuff that goes on with it. You know, doesn't doesn't change the fact of all the um, sort of questionable discussions around it, but. You know, sometimes you, you'll find yourself like last night, Senegal versus Ecuador. Why not? It, it's cold outside. <laughs> and, and you know, the Netherlands were, were always going to be Qatar and, you know, might as well stay in, shut the curtains, put the heating on because it's getting a bit chilly now. Um, and, and find yourself engrossed for like an hour and a half or in, in this World Cup, two hours worth of football because yeah. for some reason the referees are adding on unlimited amounts of time. But, it has sort of reeled me in um, as a neutral. Obviously, we record this today after England's emphatic 3-0 victory over the Welsh. Um, mm. And and it's coming home, apparently, some people are saying, but I doubt it is. Um, and you can probably <laughs> tell by the tone of the voice, I'm not really asked about England. And I think that's the, the sort of the joy of the World Cup is you're watching as a neutral and you, you've got this sort of laissez-faire attitude to to watching the games. Obviously, those games with Liverpool players in you sort of might sit a bit more to the edge of the seat if, if, if someone goes down or if they get a chance um, to score a goal or do something special. Um, but it, it, it is sort of capturing the attention. I think as we are now at the end of the group stage, there's nothing really to play for in terms of like big games over the next couple of days because, you know, the, the big boys have tend to be through in the groups. There's a couple of odd, odd places to decide in there. But once we get to the knockout stage, I think, you know, then it'll sort of spark into um, more competitive, compelling football. Because I think if you were wholeheartedly honest about the games that have been on so far, probably Spain versus Germany was the, the best in terms of overall football quality. Yeah. Um, I know there's been goals in, in, in crazy games like Cameroon and Serbia, but in terms of actual like technical ability and, and you know playing proper football on the pitch and tactical and you know players at the higher end echelons of the game, that's probably been the best. So, you know, the, it whets the appetite for what's to come probably in the next, you know, week and a half, two weeks or three weeks or however long this Goes off. I genuinely don't know who I know is we're back on the twenty second of December, um, in the Energy Drink Cup against Man City. So that's basically the only date circled on my calendar before the big fella comes in the red suit. I mean, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> that's where that's where I'm up to. Not not to be confused with the fellas in the blue suits when it's that um what day is it when they do the run? You know the run round. round. Oh, the Santa Dash. That's yeah. normally is that before or after. I can't remember. Before that. it's usually one of the first two weekends in in the city in, in December. Sorry, in, yeah, the five k dash around the city. But obviously, yeah. those those of a blue <laughs> persuasion could not wear a red suit. It's like the last thing they could do. That's like that's when you know, like you used to know it was like comic relief or children in need. Because someone in work could be wearing a wearing an Everton top, and someone else would be wearing a Liverpool top, and like literally the opposite of what they wanted to do. And it was like it was worth donating to see the look on the face all day long, having to wear the wrong colour. Um, to be honest with you, though, you always look worse in the blue anyway. So you, you should probably donate even more to them because they're suffering the most. But yeah, it is. It's nearly it is getting on for Christmas. It's weird to be saying getting on for Christmas and talking about World Cup. I think for me, I, I enjoy like any game of football when I'm sort of sat in front of it. And maybe it's often games you've not planned for. Like it could even be like sort of League One game or something that just happens to come on, and you kind of you just end up sitting and watching it because you can't be bothered to get the remote from the other side of the room or something. And the, and the, and it ends up becoming interesting. Um, although usually when that happens, someone comes in the room and says, "Are you watching this?" And you're like, "Well, yeah, I am now." There's <laughs> ten minutes to go, but it's two two. But um, with the World Cup, it's a bit like that, but with the sort of added thing of. Is there any Reds involved or any ex-Reds involved or anything? And quite often, sort of, if you're going to pick a side when you've been neutral, I, I sort of tend to look at any Liverpool links. And I think that was that was one of the sort of frustrations with the England game, that it's a shame that Wales aren't up to the standard at the moment that they need to be. They haven't got the strength in depth to, you know, to, to mount a challenge. It's a shame because they've got all the enthusiasm. It just didn't quite work out. But they've got a couple of ex-Reds involved. Obviously, the one in goal that had to come in because the uh, other keeper had got himself suspended, Nico, who showed so much promise for us, and it's still, you know, um, jury's out on what's going to happen with him. Um, another X-Red, though, before, I mean, just going to tangent off a little bit um, from the World Cup, another X-Red who's been in the news this week is Colo Torre. He's, I've sort of not said I've forgotten about him, but you sort of... I sort of forgot that he was still involved in coaching, you know, because it's that long since he's played. But he's kind of hung around Brendan Rodgers in, you know, in different jobs. That sounds well, doesn't it? Sort of hung around <laughs> Brendan Rodgers for a bit. And then um, he's, he's now got the job as Wigan Athletic Manager. So just down the road kind of thing from Anfield. But um, I'm not sure what, what, what pedigree he's got from a management and coaching perspective, because you never know, really. Like, who knows how much work Pep does for Liverpool? We can all sort of guess and... You know, have educated guesses and stuff, but who who really knows how good the the backroom staff are compared to the, the the man at the very front? And I don't know from what I can gather from what you're saying, the jury's definitely not in for Colo Torre, is it? Yeah, speaking to a, a lad in work who is a Wigan fan because that's where he's from, um, <laughs> and you know he's not a glory hunter. He does support his local team. He doesn't you know claim to be a closet United fan or a City fan because. The nearby, um, he is Wigan through and through, pie and all. Fair play um, to him. Fair play to him. And I, I, I spoke to him about a week ago, because um, obviously there was tenuous links to Stevie G um, and from the Everton side, big dunk. Um, yeah. Thinking of I'd rather have like the lesser two evils there in terms of <laughs> management, but um, he didn't want neither of them. And um, obviously, Colo was announced. I think it was yesterday. Um, so I spoke to him today about it and yeah he's a bit underwhelmed I think he said given the position that Wigan are in um, their main aim is to stay in the championship this year because they've been knocking around League One for a couple of years and obviously financial um, issues off the field and ownership issues have, have really harmed them they've lost a lot of good players for undervalued mm-hmm. um, fees so there's sort of swimming against the tide but he just said this, this year is all about staying up and Colo Torre doesn't really strike you with the you know, the sort of managerial prowess because he's not really got anything other than, you know, as you say, hanging around Brendan as those who's gonna keep it up. But he said the sort of the one thing he sort of clinging to is looking at another team a bit further up the road from them in Burnley with Vincent Company is he's got links to Man City and obviously Colo We'll have links to Man City and why Leicester, obviously working with Brendan and, and Celtic and Liverpool with clubs he's been at in the latter stage of his career and of course Arsenal. Yeah. Um 
he said there might be a possibility that we get a couple of of youngsters on loan or you know there's a couple of players who he's seen are you that person who has everything the coolest merch and those must-have fan threads well over at our anfield index shop we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your liverpool collection from our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts sweaters hoodies and hats to our signature edition mugs prints and coasters all provided with fast worldwide shipping We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Coming through, who maybe haven't got the opportunity at these bigger clubs, and and they can snap them up and take them to Wigan, and you know build the careers that way. And obviously, with building the the careers, build the club, and get them into the the safety zone of the championship, and and kick on from there. Because you know, not so long ago, Wigan win the in the top end in the Premier League, and I think for all honest with ourselves, we never really enjoyed playing. They, no. they beat us quite a few times and become a little bit of a bogey team. So um, it would be nice to see them do well because of obviously the reasons they've all, they've gone through and they do seem like a club and with a fan base in with the heart in the right place. They don't you know rock the boat the predominantly rugby league time town and football is secondary. So you know you, you'd only wish local clubs especially in the area well especially those who are operating on tight budgets because as we've seen the likes of Berry have uh, have fallen and gone under and hopefully they can come back but yeah as as a point Colo Torre not inspired him but he said if in the first game back they go and win 2-0 they are going to be doing the Colo Torre dance like Steven Gerrard off an escalator in the <laughs> Far East <laughs> definitely that, that's it I mean it, it's like you don't know it's, it's, they're, they're having a step into the unknown and that's that's a gamble and that, that's a gamble they've taken and whether they've done a load of research and they've had recommendations you don't know I've, I don't know that much about the club but I think it is important that clubs like this are around and get the support because it's football's changed but like years ago Liverpool's best players a lot of the time came from clubs that were a division or two maybe even three down down the league from them and Liverpool scouts would be looking at these other clubs playing and before you know it, one of these players would would be getting snapped up by Liverpool and um, if it hadn't been for that club further down, they would never have got that chance and of course there's a lot fall by the wayside but nowadays of course, loans are a big thing and that could be good for Cole, uh, Colo because you know getting hold of players on loan even if, if there's no cash to buy players, I think you know it's something we've talked about a load with some of the Liverpool players right now, that the younger ones that, you know, it's a bit of a sort of dilemma really, do you do you put them in the reserves where they're not playing anything like competitive football of the style they will when they play for the first team? Do you let them sit on the bench and get hardly any time, you know, almost sort of wasting the talent away? Or do you let them go out on loan? And, you know, quite often a loan moves the answer. And I think having someone like Colo running things, you'd hope that you'd want to play football the right way, if you know, in inverted commas, the right way, the way that, you know, not sort of um, Roy Hodgson style, more... Um, you know, more more exciting and more interesting to watch, which then I think will make clubs more likely to want to go and send plays to him on loan. It's just whether he can get all those deals sorted between now and Christmas, of course. But um, who knows? Let's let's wish him luck. Um, and I think the last time I saw us play again Anfield, it might have been might well have been their last season. It might have been the season where they won the where they were in the FA Cup and then they got relegated the same season. But I think. Um, Kenny was manager and Raheem Sterling got his debut for us, his first team debut against Wigan. And I think it was 3 2, but it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, Try and remember. Uh, Scratch, scratching back in the memory bank for that one. Yes. I don't know, it's just one of those things that I can't, you know, it sort of sticks in the mind. And I think actually, in a way, that's the disappointment of it because I think that would have been even more stuck in the mind if he hadn't done what he did. Um, you know, the way he left us and that because. I know we got him from another club, but we did a lot for him, brought him through, and then he did that to us, which um, actually at the time was understandable because the manager who was Raheem's manager by the time he left, of course, was Brendan Rodgers, who we just mentioned. So so um, there's all these sort of links, isn't there? 
the um the World Cup so far though for me, um I've just keep sort of forgetting it's on. So like you're saying, like you walk in and then the panels change. With me it's like I'll walk in expecting it to be whatever the hell is on the telly at lunchtime when I walk down into the into the room and it's like instead of it being loose women or um this morning or bargain hunts or whatever the hell's on, it's it's football and it's good. But the Wales match, the Wales and England match, which I would I just looked at it and thought I don't know if I can cope with this with a totally English commentary on this because I'm, it just won't be right. And so I had to look through, and on Virgin Media up in the sort of eight hundreds, you can get BBC One Wales. So although they still had Gary Lineker and Co at half time and pre match for the commentary, it was Welsh people saying "we" for Wales. So that felt a lot, felt a lot easier to watch it that way. Um, what do we know about Henderson's injury? I mean, by the time this goes out, there might be more news, but um, it was causing concern, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit of a naughty challenge. I think it's probably the best way okay. to describe it. Um, and yeah, that, that's the the one fear you you watch World Cup games, especially with Liverpool players. Like, mm. I think if we're all honest, we probably gravitate towards watching like the Netherlands for for Virgil and yeah. making sure he comes through unscathed. And if you've been like me and you've put yourself through the agony of watching Uruguay twice. Um, <laughs> And watching Darwin looked on the left wing with nobody within 30 yards of him and then launching balls to him and expect him to be three or four men. Um, yeah. You know, again, you, you kind of want him, A, to, to do something impressive, and, but B, not be injured. And um, We're hardly blessed with midfield fitness <laughs> this season. It's, mm. it's, uh, it's an issue that's well documented. And um, whatever your, your views are on Jordan Henderson, he's still a player who this season has been predominantly available on the whole for us. Um, I think he's missed a, a couple of games here and there for for various reasons, like slight niggles or whatever, but he has been a body that's available and we obviously utilised him. Um, so to see him go down like that and see that the type of challenge was a bit naughty and you kind of hope that it was just an impact where he might get a bit of a sprained ankle and a bit of swelling and maybe in a week or two he's fine or can continue and I think England have got enough to not have to rely on on Henderson in terms of a midfield body if if they needed him in, in the next round and um, he, he comes back to us whenever that may be you know possibly next Tuesday because England getting past Senegal is is questionable yeah. um, or, or the week after um, because I haven't got the exact dates to hand, but I'm pretty sure the Liverpool squad resume next week in Dubai for their training camp um, because we've got a couple of games in early December against, I want to say, Leon and AC Milan. Um, could be sort of wrong on that one, but you know we are taking any players who come out of the World Cup basically down the road from Dubai to Qatar. It's not like we're flying them from, you know, the back ends of Russia where the previous World Cup was or from South Africa several years ago. Yeah. Um we've got the ability, given obviously the, the circumstances to get them there, but um We play I, uh, we play Leon on the eleventh of December, Milan on the sixteenth, and then it's so, the yeah. EFL Cup. So we are the first of December tomorrow, so I think yeah, it would make sense for us to be back in as a whole team squad next week. Uh, I think it was just scheduled after the group stage, which to my knowledge, finishes um, on Friday. So, yeah, yeah. if the resume, resumption of the, the squad is next week, then that, that's fine. And um, Uruguay, as we speak now, aren't going through. So, Darwin will be back with us. Um, obviously, Trent and Henderson with England uh, have progressed. Virgil's progressed with the Netherlands. Canate's progressed with France. And Fabinho and Alisson have progressed with Brazil. So, we're only getting one back next week, potentially in, in Nunes. And um, the other lads, you know, it, it would depend how far they go. But uh, hopefully they all come back in one piece. And we, we may may well be looking at a World Cup winner in one of them because there's a couple of of solid nations in, in France and Brazil where we've got representatives. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the round of 16 starts the 3rd of December and the first game, by the looks of it, it's 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock Saturday football. That's a novelty. Uh, and it's Netherlands against the USA. So, will Virgil be um, 
Will he be an upset? I don't think so. I might, you know, I've not done loads of analysis without on it, you know, but I've got the feeling that unless there's some really big error, that Virgil should still be involved after that. But yeah, all the other ones on this list are still TBD because we don't know who he's going to go through yet. But um, you're right. We, that's always the worry. And I think it used to wind me up years ago when Liverpool were playing games and you'd watch it on TV and it'd be England's Michael Owen or something like that. And it would be, it would always be. So there's one of our players has just gone down to a crap challenge in the middle of a Liverpool game. And it's always, whoever it is at the time, England manager is going to be looking on concern now. I'm like, <laughs> who gives a shit about the England manager looking on concern? Our manager's looking on concern because that's our player, England borrowing. And so, I mean, I, I was kind of, we've said it before, I was gutted the way, uh, the way that, Gareth Southgate treated Trent in this World Cup that didn't play him. Then when he did, he came on as a sub and he was basically third choice. And I think that says a hell of a lot about Gareth Southgate. And I think something I was looking at the other day, talking about this the other day with people, and I've worked out, I think what it is with Gareth Southgate is he's a kind of a, as as coaches go, he's a kind of um, university lecturer, college lecturer coach. He's not a coach who's been out in the real world and done coaching almost. That's what it feels like with him. He's like... He's got all the theories and stuff, but he's not been out there and done done the done the work up to now. Up to now, obviously with England, and it just feels like he doesn't really. Well, I don't think he knows what he's doing. But I just wonder if um, if England are going to need to delve into midfield plays, whether that's whether he's going to give Trent a try, because everyone goes on about Trent in midfield. Even we said it could be worth looking at, but it's um, yeah, it's it's just I just think it's ridiculous that he he just isn't using. Um, isn't using Trent, one of the best players in that position in the world, who probably has got enough class and skill about him to play somewhere else, and he's just completely ignoring him. It just doesn't make any sense to me, but England never do. Um, that's, I think, my thing, is if England come back empty-handed, it's kind of, you know, well, you should have used Trent, shouldn't you? Yeah, and I think, you know, by no means being an England fan, but watching them He's the USA, I think, 20 minutes in. I text me, mate, and he's of the same persuasion where it's you're watching it because it's, it's on the telly. Mm-hmm. And that's it, really. Um, and we, like within two minutes, we text each other with the same thing and said, like, England should be playing Foden here. And then, like, a bit later on, England should really be playing Trent. The way that, the, the way that sort of directing the, the traffic of the ball trying to whip it into the box. And then last night, yeah. Kyle Walker's general position was sort of that inside, right channel, full-back midfielder where Trent basically plays most of his football for Liverpool and sort of trying to hit balls in the channels in between the full-backs and the centre-halves. And you think, that's exactly what he does. Like yeah. That's what he's so good at. And, and Kyle Walker is, whatever you think of him, he's, he's a decent player. In, in terms of what he can do, but he's not, you know, what I like to call a lad with a tin open on his foot, yeah. and 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 can and can you know do things that not many other people can do, and Trent can do that. And then you know when he come on, he, he tried to play a few passes, but there was a couple of straight. But he's probably not really been had any competitive action for two and a half weeks. And you think, as you say, you you're looking at trip you're playing, and Kyle Walker's getting ahead of you, and you think, well. This is probably my only minute to the World Cup. Should I really be going out there and, and busting the gut for you? Because no matter what I do, I'm going to be sat back on the bench for the next game, regardless of who we get, unless there's a, an outbreak of injury or illness. So I just think, looking at the way England fans are, and the, on the whole, they tend to be a, a terrible bunch of people in terms of the way they behave. You don't have to look at social media in, the, in recent days and weeks to see how the majority of them do conduct, uh, conduct themselves, especially when they're abroad. It's atrocious, but mm. they sort of they expect so much and they think they're self-entitled to do so well. And when it all ends in misery, it's kind of laughable. And the fact that they've got a fellow to help you, just what I would term as a company man. Yeah. Like, if the company say Gareth, you've got to go and put um, Harry Maguire on the pitch because it'll do him well. Well, the company man's going to do that. Yeah, um, He's not going to pick a better centre-half because 
you know, why why rock the boat? Um, and the same with Foden, the same with Trent. So, the likes of why take James Madison? Why, why the big clamour and the big hype in the media? Like James Madison should be going to World Cup. A lad who's been in form for less than the last five six weeks, and then you know he's he's not even seen the pitch. Like no. it, it, it's just it's just baffling, but not to the point of where it frustrates me. It's just baffling as to what, what why is he still in this job? And obviously the fact is he's he's going to do what the company or the FA tell him to do, and as long as he gets decent results. You still have the media narratives because I've just seen on Sky Sports News the likes of Gary Neville trotting out saying, well, he's England's most successful manager since Elf Ramsey. Yeah, but what's he won? Yeah. What is what has he won? You don't get medals for trying hard or going into semi-finals or losing a final and penalties. You're like you get a runners up medal. But it's hardly nothing to write home about. What have you won? What have you done in the game? You've achieved nothing as a club manager and you've achieved nothing thus far. As an international manager, therefore you are bang average. And if your levels as pundits or ex players is well, he got us to these points. Well, that says more about you and your levels of judgments as success than it does about anyone else. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you, you sort of like first year you get to the semis of something great. That's 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 the step, isn't it? Where we're going to be next year? Going to be in the final. Where we're going to be next year? We're going to win it. That 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 type of thinking, um, you know, seeing genuine signs of progress. But that that line about he's the most successful manager since Alf Ramsey. I mean, um, pick an Everton manager out the last thirty years, and you can kind of say he's the most successful manager since Howard Kendall or something. I mean, how many trophies have they won? I mean, that's that's how bad England are when it comes down to it. They've been waiting for a trophy longer than Everton. And that's a hell of a long time to be waiting for one. And to think he's... Um, it was in black and white when they last won one. It was, yeah. The only way you could watch it in colour was these um, newsreel things or something where they filmed it. But you would have, like... you know, that, Then it had to be sent off to a developer to be developed. A bit like photos used to be. It's um, it's archaic. It's archaic. But that's the thing. The, the FA's archaic. And that's why you're right. Um, as, as a company man, as a sort of... Um, he's following the corporate rules and, and doing what's needed to please the people up above you know it goes and shakes the right hands and things like that um england love that kind of manager that's why as much as he should never have got the job in the first place sam allardyce was never going to fit in because there would have come a point when he would have just um he would have balked at something um just away from i woke up a little bit as well um there's something else to look forward to so as well as that first game back being a cup game and then we get back into the proper premier league stuff we also know who we're playing in the FA Cup, which is after Christmas, and that of um, and the draw was made at Anfield as well. So Liverpool are playing Wolves. Um, it's going to be a bit strange, really, isn't it? Because we've got this massive gap now. We've had loads of games squashed together before the gap. Then when we come back out the gap, it's going to be just bedlam again, isn't it? Because we've got League Cup, League games. Um, FA Cup always comes in the middle of it, and there's all these games crammed in. And then you know by the time we get to the middle of February, the Champions League's back. So. I know it's a bit early to start be going into loads of detail about this, but Wolves isn't going to be like a walkover game. They they they're going to have some ability in that team, and you can't imagine us putting a first sort of choice eleven out for that that game. But how important should we take these domestic cups this season? Because we won both of them last year, but could we have won something else if we'd have taken them less seriously? It's going to be something to think about. Maybe we'll come back to it. But what's your feeling? Should we be really really serious about these cups this year? Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, I would say semi-serious in terms of you don't want to see us go out there and and go out the club, especially like, you know the the one against Man City. Uh-huh. It's 
it's the lesser valued domestic cup, therefore it's the fourth choice trophy on offer to us at the start of the season. However, you sort of don't want to give them any sort of leverage over us. Um we've already beat them this season, so we already have the you know the the mantle over them twice, to be fair, because we won the, mm-hmm. the charity community disc shield thing. Both, both halves of the season we're starting with like a, a pre a pre a pre season friendly with a cup at the end of it almost, aren't we? Um Yeah, and you've only got to look around at the sort of the teams left in the in the Carabao Cup. There's no London teams of the Premier League. They've all been eliminated, so you know without going across the board, like Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea are nominally big six teams. Yeah. They're all out. Um if we could in theory knock Man City out then the only sort of big boys you're really looking at is those down the East Lanks at United and I'd fancy ourselves against them any day, um, especially in the cup final. So yeah. it's, it's basically, it's, it's dangling the carrot there to, to, to get progressed into that cup and it, it will put a nice piece of silverware in the trophy cabinet early in the season. Obviously, you don't know, it's usually the end of February, early March when that trophies played but yeah yeah you don't get the trophy sorry but yeah it feels like it feels like it's like a game for a trophy because it feels like if you won that one you've done you've got the big hard work yeah yeah and then Wolves I don't know I've got this horrible memory of last time we played Wolves in the third round the FA Cup at Anfield Mm. I was stinking hungover in Hamburg (laughs) and could not find a pub for love no money that was showing the game because it was a half 12 kickoff or 12 o'clock kickoff on a Saturday afternoon and end up watching it on my phone because I could only find a bar with Wi-Fi and getting it on BBC iPlayer yeah. and wasted 90 minutes of my life. Um, but, again, being cup holders, home tie, you would sort of fancy us to put a semi-decent side out and get through. And I I would like to just get through that. If, we, if we're going to crumble out the FA Cup, then I wouldn't like to do it at home and, and in the third round. I'd rather, you know, get a couple of rounds under our belts and give players in the squad minutes because, mm. as you say, we, we've got these players who we don't loan out and we keep hold of and basically their time for games is, is domestic cups. You look, obviously, in the direction of Kelleher, for example, right? unless something unfortunate was to happen to Alisson, that lad isn't really getting any other game time. So, you know, he, he's a he's a promising, talented keeper. You want to see him play football and that is his opportunity. Um, but yeah, it, it does just seem bizarre that we, we bounce out of this World Cup and within a week or two, we played in three competitions and then you had the, the big ones back as well in, in February, I think. Is that correct? Something around about the 16th. Valentine's Day was like... 14th. Was, was touted, yeah, as the 14th. So I don't know if that's our actual game or if that's just one of the two, like the Tuesday, Wednesday. One of them's the 14th. So 21st, I've got it here. 20, wow. Tuesday 21st. It's wedged between a trip to Newcastle and a trip to Palace. Right. So, yeah. Like, it's going to fly around. It's going to fly around as well. I mean, it feels like forever. Like, when, when you knew the when you knew the league was being, the brakes were being slammed on the league and it wouldn't be back until Christmas, you thought, that sounded like forever. But, yeah, usual thing. This time of year, you think you've got 80s till Christmas, or at least I do, and then all of a sudden you've not, and you've not bought anyone any presents or anything. So, um this is this is going to go so fast, isn't it? Now um, you can use your advent calendar to count down to the games. Oh God, yeah! What a great idea! I'm surprised that the clubs haven't done that. Um, I was looking on the club site before just to see has anything happened. Have I missed anything? I've not really been looking, and um, even if something had happened, there's no saying you'd hear about it without going out of your way to look for it because the news is full of everything else, isn't it? The sports news, at least, is full of everything else. So I had a look, and it's like there's like special offers for this and. You can meet Mighty Red. That was one of the news stories, Meet Mighty Red. Um, they've missed the trick, haven't they, not having an advent calendar to count down to the, to the season? Yeah. That should have been on Dragon's Den. Would have made a fortune. Instead of getting like a, a bigger chocolate at the end, you got like a, I don't know, a, a mini football, inflatable football or something like that. And yeah. Could, could have been onto a winner there. Yeah, you could even, um, if you'd really ventured out, you could have sold one to, uh, you could have done an Everton one as well, because they could have like a trophy at the end of it, which would be given something they've not had before for a lot of them, wouldn't they? So. It probably would have been a chocolate teapot. Well, yeah. <laughs> it was as useful as Everton. Um, also on the club site, um, they do that thing where they sort of take a news story from somewhere else, stick their own headline on it, and at first glance you're wondering, 
Um, what is this? Is this a signing? Um, and it's Cody Gakpo. Is that how you say his name? He's been yeah. linked. Um, when I read the story, though, it just sounds like typical kind of. It's. I mean, it's saying that in the summer transfer window there was interest from Leeds and Man United. And then Liverpool are another team to have been included in this conversation because Pep Linders is described as being an admirer of the attacker. But I don't know. It just so I'm sort of semi excited to think what we're getting someone. Who is it? When what, what's going to happen? Then I read it. And I'm thinking, are we going to get him? And do we need him? He's 23. Um, you know, clearly can score goals. Is he right for us? Um, I've only really been honest and seen him in this World Cup and. Yeah. He's got talent. He scored in three games in a row. Uh, right foot, left foot, header. So, you know, versatile. Um, speaking to somebody who uh, lives in, in the Netherlands and sort of said, well, yeah, he, he is. He's talented, but we probably don't need him in terms of he plays from left to centre. And we've got Diaz, we've got Jota, we've got yeah. Darwin Nunes, who's been operating on that sort of role at the moment. And you could arguably play him down the middle or sort of maybe in inverted commas a Bobby replacement um, mm. and sort of mould him into a, a number nine slash false nine or whatever you want to work with him because he's got a lot of a lot of qualities that you could use for that sort of position. But he was linked to go to Leeds, I think, for around 30 million, 35 million potentially in the summer and very close to a deal, which didn't go through. And all of a sudden, as, as price tags now nearly doubled that I think they're talking 60 million um, United obviously linked via the Dutch manager but I I don't see it for us no um, just because of, of what we currently got there and the three lads as mentioned well we've all signed within the last what three years two and a half years something like that uh, with obviously Diaz and Darwin coming in the last 12 months and all right, Joss is missing for how long, we don't know, but I can't see us just binning them off. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's maybe one to, to keep an eye on, but maybe he's a player you sort of would like to see where he ends up because he's talented and you don't want him to end up in the wrong hands, i.e. Manchester United or yeah. someone else around the Premier League. If, if you were honest with yourself, you'd like to see him just bugger off somewhere like Bayern Munich or Leverkusen or Stuttgart. Dortmund somewhere where he's going to have a decent level career. Yeah, that's it. I mean, playing where he is now, you know, you can look great in that league and, you know, with all due respect, maybe not look as great when you leave that league and go somewhere else. But I think, um, yeah, it strikes me as maybe if Leeds had bought him, there'd be clubs like Liverpool looking at him in a couple of years if he turned out to be as good as, as the potential said. And at that point, you're going to pay a lot more for him. But... You know, you're probably going to be able to attract him if you're one of the clubs, like the top six clubs or something. You throw some money at it and you've not wasted money, if you like, because if we brought him in now, to me, we'd pay a lot of money for him. His price has gone up. And then it would just cause problems because where do we play him? How often do we play him? Who's missing out? What do we do with the player that's, that's missing out? Do we need cover there? I think, as you know, as interesting as that is, what we, as we've just sort of alluded to, what we need to be keeping an eye out for over this World Cup is maybe midfielders, isn't it? Because we're not, we're not blessed with... Um, as, as we say, not not so much the depth as the depth of people who can play a game every week. Because like we all, apart from when you know, apart from when um, the England goalkeeper did him um, when he was in it, when he was playing for Everton, Van Dyke has played so many games for us. You know, we've got Salah who's played so many games for us that tend to be um, available almost all the time. I'm sort of touching wood as I'm saying this and hoping I'm not tempting fate. But the t- generally speaking, there's so many players in the squad front to back who we can rely on to always be sort of fit and ready and maybe, you know, rest them at the right times, all the rest of it. But, um, yeah, we, we sort of, we do struggle to have a stable midfield, don't we, in that sense? And maybe, you know, has any anything caught your eye yet? I've not been looking closely enough, in all honesty, but has anyone caught your eye yet in a sort of midfield role that could maybe do a job for us that we should sneak out and get? Um, not, not Nothing that's been, you know, unmentioned, really. I yeah. mean, obviously... Had a little look at Caicedo, uh, Ecuador, um, obviously Brighton being linked. Um, and he was the, pretty much the same as what I see when, when we played the Anfield. Busy, um, gets about the pitch, lively, sort of in, into the tackle, decent in possession. Yeah. Um, 
you know, obviously you, you naturally the links to Bellingham will draw your eye to mm-hmm. watching Jude Bellingham um, for England and out of the England midfield as he is by far and away head and shoulders the best of what they've got there. So, you know, the, there's not really going to be much else to write home about in terms of what he's got. Um, it's obviously other issues in terms of like finances, availability, so on and so forth. If, whether we'd ever see him in the red shirt, we, we don't know. Um, or, you know, mm-hmm. seeing the likes of Cole, Connor Cole, he used he was full, fully finally admitted he is a blue. Um, like we didn't know from that VAR disallowed goal in the derby, the way he nearly... Oh, was he admitted he's a blue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he nearly had a heart attack when he scored that goal because he was that excited. But um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's fully admitted he is a blue now. Um, and it was never a big secret, but why have you only just come out with it now? It was never mm. a big secret. Um, yeah, it's not like yeah, it's not like you'd be the first, you know, to yeah. play for Liverpool to say, "Oh, I used to be a blue," and you know, no yeah. one would feel bad for it. We, we all know, but I, you know, the likes of him coming out and saying, "Oh, Jordan Henderson um, really take, has took a shine to Jude Bellingham," and all the videos of of Trent and Bellingham hanging out together and they're inseparable, like only only fuels the fire of the the social media frenzies that really want to see this happen. And the way I see it is if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So like it's just one of them things. We've come accustomed to the way Liverpool operate these days is we will we'll hang around for the right players. Um and it's very specific in terms of who we want and who we get um to play for us and who we sign. And that all comes down to many other things and you know, that sort of then links to all the current stories about the potential new ownership or, mm. you know, investments, however it is. And again, with all that, it all seems to have faded into the background, which kind of, to me, suggests that something is, as we as we all probably suspected, it was ongoing um, and the story come out of, of nowhere, but those stories only come out when there's something progressing or happening, they don't just come out by random. Um, and I think, you know, the fact it's gone a little bit quiet and there's not so much of a um, storm about it would, would say to me that something's sort of ticking along nicely in the background. I don't know what, I don't know who, I don't know when, but um, we've just got to all wait and see. And no matter what we say or do as, as fans, nothing's going to change of who the the ownership ends up being or who the investment ends up being because that's way out of our control, really. Yeah, it is. And and it's sort of... I I kind of get this thing now over the summer months where when there's all the transfer speculation going on that I just sown out of it because so much of it is just nonsense. It really is just nonsense. And um, I kind of brought that, that story up today because it's just a typical kind of story that there's a player plays well and then, you know... If you were trying to, I mean, if you were trying to write a story for a paper, you know, whether you support a club or you're covering a club or you're just writing a general thing about the league or whatever, you can very quickly put stuff together and put two and two together and come up with a story and make it sound like there's links. Then there's agents can do things like that. They can feed stuff out, try and claim there's, you know, that Cody Gap over example straight away. Um, you think, oh, well, Leeds didn't want to spend for him. Let's say that United and Liverpool are interested. All of a sudden, they'll find the money or something. You know, that, it's that kind of thing that, that happens all the time. And it's the same with the club ownership stuff in many ways. It's a, it's a different world, different people. But what's going on publicly is not what's going on privately. And we don't know what's going on privately, really. And anyone who claims they do is probably lying because you would not be allowed to talk about what's going on privately. You'd have had... You know, you'll be you'll you'll be signing NDAs, and if you know what's going on privately, you're only going to reveal what suits your part of the deal, if you like your your sort of role. You're only go, you're only going to reveal that. So, I think we've just got to like I am with the transfer window. I just sort of keep me eye keep keep me back to it. Um, get excited when I see a player actually sign for us um, or not, depending on who it is, and then off we go. We play the season and we see how it all turns out and we wait for the next transfer window. Bellingham, though, is definitely interesting, but, yeah, I can't make up my mind whether he's so young but so expensive and it's sort of, there's like a sort of almost a paradox there that, you know, what would he cost for, you know, and at his age, that's great, but um, would the owners be sort of 
and we'll say the owners, we don't know who they're going to be, but we'll just assume they carry on as they are. But the owners be wanting to spend that kind of money on a player so young. But he does seem really good and well-proven and everything. And at his age, he's got so much more to offer. But I just, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's whether we need him enough. Um, I could see us, I wish we would spend the money, or at least try to spend the money, or at least have that kind of money to spend. But yeah, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Um, what else was happening this week? There was... There was something else. It wasn't just Mighty Red. I'm sure there's something else happening. It's just literally gone out of my head now. Um, We've got a new Doctor. Yes. Yes. So what's that all about then? Because what happened to the last one? I can't even remember how long ago that was now. That was the summer. I want to say Jim Moxton or Moxley or something like that. Um, I think was his name. I don't know the whole background story, but um, he left his post in the summer as far as I'm aware. I think yeah. I can remember rightly. And we've been operating with um, a couple of other um, professionals in that role. Um, obviously, you're not going to put any Tom, Dick and Harry in there. Like, Pauline out the canteen isn't just going to start putting plasters on people's little nips on their ankle and saying, oh, it's okay. There's a couple of paracetamol and more than off you go. Yeah. Um, we, we're a little bit more professional than that, but many would have you believe that, you know, we've been running a haphazard ship. Um, but, yeah, uh, John Power of uh, of the, the city, not, not of cast. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, uh, hopefully this one won't walk away. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, obviously those who are of a musical knowledge, seen John Power, lead singer of the cast, um, famous band from the city. But formerly, yeah, this, formerly of the Lars, of course. Yeah, this fella is. Uh, I think a medical professional from Liverpool who has um, obviously got his several qualifications in the field. He's he's worked in in rugby. He's worked. Uh, I think he worked at the FA or it's something to do with the English Football Association um, role. And he's done a few other bits and bobs in, in the sporting field. But uh, apparently, he's well well regarded in 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 the circles that that know what they're doing and know what they're talking about and. You know, a local lad, and you know, maybe he might he might have misses a blue, and all of a sudden he might start tampering with the players. But yeah, <laughs> um, only when we start getting more injuries will that theory come up. But yeah, it, it's finally done. I suppose it put that that bogey story to bed. And you know, if if we go the next six months and we only have one or two actual minor injuries, all of a sudden he's a, a voodoo doctor and he's and he's healed us, and yeah, and we'll go on to great great things. But yeah, I, I don't think there's there's much else other than departures within the boardroom again, which, as we sort of touched on, it's all going on. This is now being publicly announced. Players, it, professionals leaving roles such as uh, directors and, and so on and so forth at FSG slash Liverpool. What all seems to point in, in the direction of, you know, a new ownership. Yeah. Or... Or some people are coming in with with a heavy hand to maybe join FSG who want things done a different way. Um, also, the, the, the worry on the other side of that, though, is that you wonder is, you know, when I talk about NDAs and so on, these people have seen the stuff that's protected by NDAs and they're thinking, there's no way I'm hanging around here. This isn't as good as it was. And, you know, that can either mean they're not as good as, they, as we would have thought and they're going to be out on the air, they're not good enough for us, or they're thinking, it's going to be hell, I'm getting out. Yeah, it, it, it's a bit... It's strange, like you know, Julian Ward coming in the summer to replace Edwards, and he's off next summer, I think it is. Um, and there's other other top level people, um, FSG Liverpool connected, who were sort of saving the notice as it would be, or are on the way out in the next coming months. Um, which, which I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My LibertyShield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, 
via TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. On one hand, there's a bit of a concern because the operation we've run has been very well done in terms of recruitment and the strategic side of thing, the analytics. Um, arguably, we're one of the clubs at the forefront of that in football, but with anything, new owners, for example, new ideas, fresh minds, fresh outlook, you just don't know. I suppose it, as anything, we just got to wait and see. And as I said before, there's nothing really we can do to influence it other than, you know, stand back and stand on the terraces and support the lads that done the pitch for us because yeah. at the end of the day, that that is really our role as fans. I know other people may think we can do a lot more and there is things that we can do to a certain extent, but in in the whole grand scheme of things, we, we serve the, the club in terms of our fandom rather than the sort of top-level business decisions that is football. I think the way the world is now, we all get to say, we all get more of a say, not that it actually necessarily gets heard, but we all feel like we can have a say on so many more things and we can all become experts on things because um, I'm not, you know, I, I can have a good go at sounding like I know what I'm talking about with medical stuff because my other half's a nurse. But I, I don't know anything about medical stuff, really. I'm only trying my hardest to sort of make it sound like it if I do. At the end of the day, the people who know medical stuff are medical people. And, you know, maybe the way the world is now, we, you know, all these conversations would have just been had. Like, you can imagine the doctor's surgery, like, having the lunch break or whatever. They're having, um, you know, they're having, having some dinner together. And that's that's lunch, by the way. And then they're having um, a chat about what's going on at some club or other and talking about how bad it is with the injuries. And, you know, they're talking all technical to each other about what it might be. But that's, you know... And people who work in medical stuff and, you know, work in the sports industry in that way. Oh, um, there's an ambulance for you. Yeah, they've, they've heard. <laughs> see, what, see if they can answer the question for me. Um, that's unusual, actually, an, an ambulance moving and not just parts up outside a hospital. Um, another dig about the shortage of doctors in this country. But, yeah, I think, yeah, we all think we know everything and we don't really know that much and we can only do so much. And I think whatever decisions are made, you've got to kind of, up to a point, you've got to accept them and get on with things. And you're right. When you, when that, when that whistle goes and the game's kicking off, then none of that other stuff matters. What matters is what's in front of you now. And that's supporting those Reds. And I still have this feeling that even if you're not at the game, you know, that, um, you still got to stay behind the Reds and not be too critical, even if you're from a distance. There's sort of this overall, um, you know, let's all be positive about the club when we can be. But yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a difficult time ahead. And I think, Whatever happens with new owners, there's going to be stuff that's going to have people worrying. You know, we're going to see signs and people are going to read things into things. And, you know, glass half empty, glass half full mode will, will kick in. For some, it'll be positive, some will be negative. But, you know, it, it, it's going to take time to see what the difference really is. But, yeah, we needed a doctor, just like we need we need a few bits and pieces, don't we? But um, We can put them on our Christmas list. Yes. Is what we can do. Yeah, because I need to write a Christmas list. I wonder if I'll get any of it. But I don't think we're actually, well, maybe the days have progressed from maybe looking through the Argos and Circle and like a Jude <laughs> Bellingham and a, a Moises Caicedo and saying, here you go, Mum, on page 604, there's a Moises Caicedo, which I'd love. Yeah. Um, and on 492, there's a Jude Bellingham. If that's available, um, I'm not too bothered, but I would really like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you thought, I'll have a Jude Bellingham, but if I, if I can't have a Jude, I'll have this. But really, I want I want the Jude if that's all right. Yeah, Argostonian. <laughs> if I can have one one big present, it'd just be a Jude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's Father Christmas getting you? Well, I'm hoping I'm hoping it's a Jude. And there's people in the background looking really worried, like we've not got the money yeah. for a Jude. What's um, wrong with your Jordan? You've got a Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> it's all it's old now. It's it's just it just doesn't work the same anymore. The batteries <laughs> have run out, and I don't know how to change them. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. We... And then we won't we won't even go into the Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> the Jimmy's battered and old and knackered and yeah. It's not it's not what it used to be. It hasn't been the same for years, that Jimmy. Yeah, it wasn't even mine in the first place. It was my brother's and you've handed it and it was his brother's before that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This 
does Jimmy belong to Man City belong to Newcastle belong to Aston Villa? <laughs> <laughs> it goes on and on. He's really good, like, but he's not half been out. He's been everywhere. Uh, yeah, well, it's all on Amazon now, and anyway, isn't it? And you know, Black Friday was just like nonsense again. Um, I, I'm still getting emails for Black Friday, and we're currently on Wednesday of the following week. <laughs> yeah, I was getting them for like a week before, telling me that it was already Black Friday, and it wasn't even Thanksgiving or whatever yet. Well before. Yeah, and they're still going on now. Um, I actually was like, I just happened to be on Amazon's website just before midnight, and I saw a little countdown. It was about two minutes to midnight, so I thought, I'll look at this again at midnight, thinking, what's going to happen? And the countdown just stopped. I thought there was going to be something more exciting happen, that it was the end of the sale, and maybe a new one had start. But they've actually, no, they've, they've, they've stopped. But all the stuff's still on there at the same price. A lot of it. They just changed, they just changed what it's called. Um, Liverpool, though, it's, it's, this is probably the hardest one show we've done in terms of finding stuff to talk about because it has been so unbelievably quiet with the club, hasn't it? And, and yet we've, we've found things that we can talk about because, um, it's still the same stuff, isn't it? If you, if you're looking for it, there's always transfer rumors. There's always stuff going on behind the scenes. Um, but I do think like from, from sort of Liverpool point of view, it's been a sort of chance to get heads down, hasn't it? And just sort of put that, awful beginning to the season out the way and, and reflect on the the sort of nicer stuff that started coming towards the end of the break. And, you know, to me now, I don't know about yourself, but I almost feel like I've forgotten about how bad we were at the start of the season. I'm I'm feeling quite full of confidence for the new bit. Yeah, it's... Obviously, you, you'd also remember what, what was the last thing you remember from Liverpool and it was obviously a victory. Um so that was always key to go into the break, and um, there's as you look at, there's a lot of positives. The games are going to come thick and fast. There's competitions left, right, and centre. But you know, the appetite's wet by getting Man City in the Carabao Cup. But whatever the result may be, it may be. And you know, if we do unfortunately succumb to a defeat there and go out the competition, it's not the end of the world. But on the on the flip side, as I said earlier on, it's a huge confidence boost. If you go there and win and get through to the next round, the, the trophy becomes ever closer for you. The the Champions League and Real Madrid, I no more need say um, about that because that's a that's a massive tie. And when that game comes around, I'm sure there'll be a hell of a lot to talk about, and mm-hmm. there'll be a lot of football that's played between now and and that game taking place in in the the back end of February. Um, the FA Cup's coming back like last week. The, for myself, the tickets went on sale for the second half of the season. Obviously, I'm in a very fortunate position to be able to to get access to all the games in which it did. And you just look at the games we've got in the second half of the season. I feel the you know the mighty ever coming over the park. Um, you got Arsenal, you got Spurs, you got Chelsea, you got Manchester United all to come to Anfield in the second half of the season. There, whatever way you look at them, the big, huge games that. They're big games, the whatever's desirable. going on on the league in the league table, yeah. aren't they? They're always big games. The, the desirable games, like as you say, regardless of the situation, um, you know the, the 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 games. With all due respect, you don't see when the fixture list comes out in the middle of the summer. You don't go, "Ooh, when are we playing Brighton? When are we yeah. playing Brentford?" For for the, for those teams, they probably look at like when are we going to Anfield because yeah. it's a huge day out and in the terms of Brighton very successful day out this year but we do look you know for me it's right when's the derbies when are we playing United when are we playing City and then you sort of go down the list like Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham whatever and so forth but obviously given the situation with us being now with City it used to be um, obviously Chelsea of yesteryear but Everton United both come to Anfield and Whenever them games get played across the the second half of the season, there'll be games not to miss for sure. So it is exciting to get back after the Christmas period and after this crazy World Cup. Yeah, and there was one other thing actually that I knew there was one other thing I'd seen on the on the club website when I was just looking, you know, seeing what what's happened. I haven't missed anything, um, and it's not a, it's not a major story and it's not the most exciting story, but it's still it's one worth a mention, I think, and that is that for that first league game, um, which is on Boxing Day. In the Midlands, in Birmingham, against Aston Villa, which is it's an evening kickoff, but obviously there's it's a bank holiday. The the trains are going to be non-existent or very very 
gaps few and far between there's not going to be many people about doing any kind of public transport um a lot of people won't necessarily want to be driving if they've had a nice christmas day a nice heavy christmas day so the club's put on um you know, with sort of with some limitations, they put free coach travel on for fans who've got tickets to go to that match. So, not a bad gesture at all. I think um, these little things sometimes, like forget the big millions and millions of pounds that we want spending on players and the many millions of pounds we want spending on um, infrastructure and buildings and things. It's it's these sort of few thousands and things here and there that I think sometimes can make a huge difference. And um, on top of that. If you do do it, it's not totally free. You've got to pay a fiver, but it's a £5 donation to LFC's Operation Christmas Magic campaign, um, which is um, basically raising funds for the North Liverpool Food Bank. So it's, it's all, all together, that's actually quite a nice story. Yeah, and I, the time of year, I, it's harder than ever, really, for, for a lot of people, um, given the financial situation and the... Uh, the ongoing messing with those who were in powerful positions, which we won't delve into, but we all know uh, finances are really stretched um, as it is at Christmas time, and then being under the the constraints that that's going on so so far this year, it makes it even harder. So, you know, little gestures like this, and you know, it will go a long way. I know a lot of clubs do sort of try and help the fans in terms of travelling around the Christmas New Year period because. As you rightly say, there's there's even non-public transport. So for the limits of public transport that you can get in the UK as it is in terms of train travel and whatever, yeah. there's absolutely none at all um, over the festive period, really. And um, being able to do that it, it, is it, you know, it's it's given something back. And as you say, that we shouldn't be in a situation where we're then asking fans for sort of donations towards food banks but that unfortunately is the situation that we find ourselves in yeah um which is tragic but um you know if you are lucky enough to be able to go to to watch liverpool in, in a way that you which you know I'm, I'm not even of that sort of privileged position in terms of being able to get access to tickets and stuff um i'm pretty sure any of those lads and ladies who are going I'm more than happy um, to to donate that that five pound um, to a very good cause, but a cause that we hopefully won't be needing um, forever in a day because it's it's not something that you you really want to be asking for money for because nobody should be struggling to put food on the table. No, no, and I think that's how things have changed so much in in times. And there's another um, that money's needed, and I think it's good. And people. We've said it, people in this city, fans of this club are generous people and if they've got something, if they can spare anything, they always, always will try and spare anything they can to help others. The thing is though, we shouldn't be sparing money to feed people because they shouldn't need that. That that should This country should not have let that happen in this way and that's maybe what's changed but... Um, you know, this this money would be should not be needed for that, but it would be so good if it could be used for, um, as it maybe is in the past, where things that money can't buy. So, you know, sadly, there's times when people have got illnesses and things that money's not going to fix, but maybe some money can make it a little less difficult. And that's just reminding me, maybe the one next thing we've got to look forward to uh, before Christmas is the um, the pictures of the Liverpool players around Alderay. Surely that can't be long off now. Yeah, I would imagine it's going to probably take place um just before we play Man City. Yeah. Um I do not I do have a friend who works at all the day, so I'm pretty sure she'll be letting me know. Um if the Liverpool players are scheduled to come in, I'm sure she'll be asking to work that day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you do get Liverpool and obviously yeah. to the credit Everton players also um go in. Um and it tends to be, you know, a, a really nice sort not in a in a way that you don't really want to see. You don't want to see sick children no, no. Um, at all. But it's nice that the players always go in and give the time. And it, you tend to see some like really nice videos of, you know, it makes the person who's in hospital suffering unwell. It can literally make their day or year just to see the heroes. Um, because yeah. many people will think when you're in hospital uh, or when you're ill that you've forgotten about. And the fact that we still do it every single year Um is, is a good gesture. So yeah, that's that's probably something to look out for on the socials probably in a couple of weeks' time. But um yeah, it, it it's it's a weird time of the year. Um I still can't 
wrap my head around. It's well cooked. It's just <laughs> been, it's, 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 it's really thrown me off. But, um, yeah, we get to open the chocolates tomorrow and I, and I might just, you know, circle number 22 because that's when, when football is sort of back on my calendar and not, not actually tell the missus and circle airs and she'll be left baffled for 21 days as to why number 22 is circled. And when, <laughs> I, when I drop it on her toes and say, oh, by the way, I'm off to the pub because Liverpool are playing Man City, she'll soon realise. Yeah, I wonder if, the, if, the, if like your doors, like, you know, on the 24th, it's usually like a double chocolate. I mean, it might be worth opening that on the day of the match, you know, and swapping around because that's like, that's proper... That's like that's the proper Christmas Eve then, isn't it, really, for us this year, the, the footy being back. Looking forward to it. When we sort of talk about the players going into Alder Hay, um, Liverpool players, Everton players, no doubt players from other clubs up and down the country going to places near to them. It's not, um, you know, for all the money that these players have and all the money these clubs have, that's not what makes the difference. What makes the difference is the time that they just put into this gesture because time is precious and especially for people who, whose kids are in hospital and for the kids themselves, it's, you know, it, it's difficult times. And although, you know, club clubs will put a bit of cash in, you know, they'll pay for goodies to give to the kids and things like that. The, the main thing is the time that people are putting in, those players are putting in. And every year you see it and the smiles on the faces and the, the little videos are heartwarming. So, um, I'm glad that the club do it, but maybe um, maybe you wouldn't bring smiles to faces quite the same way if you went visiting people. But um, if you do want to do something to help people this Christmas, I thought it was worth just giving a quick shout to a charity that we had on that early on in the days of Scouts of Tommy's when Kev came in from An Hour for Others and we spoke about his work with his charity that's going from strength to strength now. It's a Liverpool-based charity. Um it's just doing so well for itself because it's doing so well for others and I'm so pleased to see the success and the simple idea of it is that everyone's good at something whatever it is you do for a living whatever it is you do for a hobby if you can do that for an hour for other people you know without being paid just go and do it go and help other people you can make such a difference I think it started out that um he was a painter and decorator and he thought well I can go and do an hour here and they're helping other people be some paint you know I've got bits of paint left over I can go and paint someone's living room for them or something that they never anyway and brighten other lives in such a relatively simple way so um check that charity out if you've got time they are based in Liverpool but have a look, see if you can help them, see if you've got any ideas you can come up with. And if not, maybe there's something similar you can do where you are um, this Christmas. Just, you know, give a bit of time of something that you're good at, wherever that might be. Because everyone's good at something. Um, even some of the worst Liverpool players we've had have been good at something, haven't they? So that's that's the way it is. But for now, anyway, um, whatever you're doing, it's not long till Christmas. Can't wait for the football to come back. We will be back ourselves soon as well. And for now, that's it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.